Greetings, everyone. This is Eric Stewart from Fishing Fanatics Podcast. And today I have Hunter Sales with me, Bassmaster Open EQ Angler and the head coach of Carson Newman University. How you doing, Hunter? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on. I appreciate you taking the time to interview me. I think we got some awesome stuff to go over. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to jump right into it. And uh, the one question I always like asking, just kind of break the ice here and kind of let you talk a little bit is um, how did you get in the fishing um, at the start? You know, a lot of people have different things about, you know, fishing with their parents or, you know, a couple mentors that taught them kind of the ropes. But what's kind of your story about how you got in the fishing? Yeah, it's actually a pretty cool story. And there's not very many people that know this. Uh, but so, you know, I grew up fishing some tournaments with my dad. Uh, my, we had a pond there on, on my papa's farm. You know, I'd catch some bass, and, and I'll, I'll deviate for a second. My papa hated bass, right? It was always like he was diehard catfish, and all the bass did was would just be a menace to the catfish in his mind. And so every time we caught a bass, he wanted us to get rid of it. He didn't want the bass in his pond. And so we actually, me and one of my brothers, we found a, um, and my only brother, we found a creek that was on the property. And so instead of just throwing the bass out, you know, we would take it down to the creek to, to relocate it. And, um, uh, and so that's, that's kind of how fishing got started. But, um, when it really took a turn for me, we have a camper over on Cherokee Lake and I'd spent all the summers over there, um, with my, with my, my mom and my dad and brother and sister. And one of my best friends growing up, they had a camper there also. Um, now my parents, my dad had sold our, our aluminum boat and bought a pontoon at mom's urging. And so, you know, I wasn't a very happy kid. Um, but we found a boat that somebody had left. It was an old plastic pond prowler from Bass Pro Shops. And we had found it on the bank and it had holes all in it. I and mean, it was clearly something that somebody just thrown away. And, and it would float for about 10 minutes um, before we had to take it back to the shore and drain all the water out of it. And so we were out there one day and me and my best friend and we'd fish out of it for 10 minutes, you know, maybe catch one, maybe not. And then drag it back up on the shore, let it drain, go back out and do it again. While Papa saw that, and, uh, and, and for Christmas that year, he bought me a brand new eight foot pond prowler from Bass Pro. And so, you know, didn't have to worry about it sinking anymore. And, uh, you had a fish on it with a little trolling motor, took it all across Cherokee Lake and then ended up, you know, uh, how, how life has it, you know, buying, selling, trading, started slowly upgrading my boats. But that's, that's kind of how I got it kicked off for me. I love that, man. Just, yeah. just bootstrapping to the ground. <laughs> yep. Boat has a hole in it. That's fine. Let's just go fishing. Yeah, That's just, what it's all about. We just love to catch a fish. And I actually hadn't even thought about that story in so long. So I'm glad you asked me about that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. I love to hear little stuff like that, especially like kind of reminds me a little bit of how I got in the fishing, like climbing underneath the fence and just literally fishing a little runoff pond. Yep. Like just little stuff like that, man. It's just what <sighs> makes it. And then you get hooked. You catch your first fish on the top water or whatever that one fish is. Yep. And you just like never forget it. For the rest of your life fishing is so dang and i still love it but it's so dang high stress at the level that we're doing it at now that you you, you know it, talking about those times honestly that brings back like why you do it like the love for fishing you know it didn't matter what you were fishing out of where you were it's just that you know being able to catch a dang bass that, that's really what what started everything for me and it's i really i'm glad you asked that man it was awesome <laughs> it's awesome it's awesome so now looking all these years later you're ahead coach for a fishing club uh mm -hmm. for the fishing university carson newman university um aka eagle anglers right yep, yep that's um, us so tell me a little bit about that organization because i was doing some research you guys are pretty successful i could say yeah we actually just got back from lake hartwell the uh, association of collegiate anglers had their national championship uh, which also concluded the year-long school of the year race which tallies up um, all the major events through bassmaster major league fishing and the aca events 
uh, and we ended up third in the country. And so that's that's everybody, uh, D1, D2, NAIA, uh, everything. And so that was our school best uh, third place finish in that school of the year race. We actually, this is pretty impressive too, we sent five boats down there. Uh, we had a second place, a ninth place, a 12th, a 13th, and a 37th. So, so all five boats that we sent out of the 200 boats, you know, did really, really well. Uh, Drake Hemby and Ewing Minor actually finished second. So, um, a really cool week. But we've got, we've got 26 people on the team this year. We're going to have right at 30 next year uh, from places from Montana to Florida. And so, you know, the school will give scholarships when we travel. We pay for a hundred percent of everything. We've got boat storage on campus, uh, man. We got it going on. You know, it's I, I'm pretty proud of it. No, that's that's awesome. I, I like probably like a lot of the listeners here. College fishing just seems so new, right? Because when I was growing up, it was always like baseball. Like my my goal is to play baseball in college, and I did for a little bit. But like for you, was you growing up? Was it like I want to be a collegiate fisherman, and then I want to move on to the pros, or like? For your story, how did that kind of end up being like now you're the head coach? Yeah, that's another cool story. So I actually played baseball at Carson Newman. Uh, I played for three years and and I didn't get a lot of playing time. I only had two at bats through those three years. And so, you know, I didn't I didn't plan on deviating. I wanted to play all four years, um, but, you know, I wasn't very happy with with how much I was playing. Obviously, as a competitor, you want to play, you know, every inning of every game. Um, And so what actually happened is my junior year after the season, uh, Bassmaster brought a college event to Cherokee Lake, which is less than five minutes from our campus. And so the final day weigh-in was on campus. And so uh, our VP of enrollment, his name was Aaron Porter. He's since left, um, but he was a big fisherman and had sent out some emails. Do we have any students who would be interested in competing in this? And so me and one of my other best friends who now works at school as the controller um, we kind of blew the, the, the server up that weekend, you know, like, yeah, we'd love to fish, you know, like get us in it. And that was actually the first tournament I'd fish without my dad there. And we got our dang butts kicked. Um, but, but essentially that's kind of what kickstarted the college team. Uh, and it led to me putting together a five-year plan that summer, taking it to the CFO. Uh, she approved everything and she was like, would you stick around and coach it? And I was like floored because I didn't expect to have, you know, I expected her to laugh at me and tell me to get out of the room, you know? Um, but that Carson Newman is a special place, man. So she approved everything. And, and a year and a half later, I had a full-time job working as a fishing coach. So kind of got thrown into it. Dude, that's insane. <laughs> it was just, just literally a random email yep. one day. You're sitting there looking at your school email, probably seeing what assignments are due. You're just like, dude, oh. honest to God, it was one of the first school emails that I'd opened probably the whole semester. <laughs> and so it was, uh, it, you know, it was God hundred percent putting that email uh, you know, for whatever reason, I was like, man, I'm going to open the student announcements. You know, we had never done that. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, the whole, the whole way through, he had a plan for it. Uh, you know, I wasn't smart enough, you know, to do any of that, but, but God had this plan for Carson Newman. We're right in between two great fisheries. We had a university that was invested in it and man, it just, it just took off and it's, it's been a fun ride to be a part of for sure. That's gotta be a pretty cool feeling too, to sit there with the CFO and it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, we'll prove it all. And then do you want to coach it? Like, that's got to feel amazing. Like, I can't, I can't even kind of wrap my words around, like, what that's got to feel like. So you started, like, you started the whole program there? Yeah, yeah. Off, yep. Based off your plan? Yep, me and uh, and the guy who works at the controller, his name's Tristan Stallsworth. We were the first two that started fishing. Uh, and the plan was, you know, included things, you know, scholarships, travel, boat barns, things like that. And uh, it was kind of all contingent on, 
okay, if you can recruit 10 kids, we'll approve all of this. And so that first year we were out recruiting, uh, essentially the kids we were recruiting, there wasn't really anything promised to them. It was, you know, Hey, if we can get this going, this is what it'll look like. And so we actually just graduated that group, uh, last May. And so my relationship with that group was, it was incredible because I felt like they had taken a chance and gambled on something that, you know, we don't know if it would have worked out or not. And, uh, you know, uh, two of those guys, you know, uh, become some of my best friends and all of them. One of the guys we actually hired who works at Carson Newman now, we actually have a kayak fishing team. So he's the head coach of the kayak fishing team now. And so uh, it was it was pretty cool to watch it start. His name is Jacob Frazier. Very cool. Yeah. So tell me about the recruiting process. Do you just go out to like local tournaments or is there like high school tournaments that you go to and you got your little clipboards there, add on another <laughs> boat, write notes or what's that look like? I mean, we, so we got a conference room there at school and uh, we've got a, we got a giant whiteboard. We've got for next year, uh, we've got probably 30 names on it already. You know, we're looking at people across the country, you know, and, and a lot of it is, and this is, this is going to kind of blow your mind probably. But one thing that we've focused on is like, okay, you know, we do pretty well on this type of fisheries. We don't do well when we go up north. So we need to recruit a few northern guys uh, and try to plug that hole so we can we can spread that knowledge throughout the team. When we go up there, we'll have somebody that knows what the heck's going on. So in this year's class, we got two northern guys, two guys from Florida. Uh, uh, Andrew Turner's coming from Montana. Uh, I mean, so we, we really try to get a really wide range of skills and, and try to mesh them together. Uh, you know, when we have our fall tournaments, we, we pair different people together every week. And so they're constantly fishing with new people, learning these skills, you know, and, and kind of meshing it all together. So that's kind of the model we take with it. But yeah, some of it's going to high school tournament tournaments, some of it's through social media, some of it's through word of mouth, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a big blend of things just to find the best kids we can. It's pretty cool. Like kind of mix and match here. Right? Yeah. Like if, when you look at like a baseball team. You got the starting pitcher, but then you also got the guys in the bullpen that complement that starting pitcher. It's kind of the same thing Absolutely. with the best. Yeah, you, 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 you don't want to have all right-handed hitters. You know, you want to have a big, a big strong lefty in the lineup or something. And so, you know, we'll, we'll bring in a few kids. And, you know, it's it's challenging for a kid from Florida. We had one kid this year uh, who's done really well. But it's a culture shock when you bring them to East Tennessee and all they've ever seen is lily pads and reeds. And all of a sudden we're fishing 40-foot deep, you know, rock piles for smallmouth. But – but it, ultimately, it makes him a better angler too, because it forces him to learn a different skill set, a different, a different tech, you know, style of fishing, essentially. Yeah, especially if one of his goals is to be on the open, like yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a lot of guys like that. It's like, yeah, I just had to get used to it. Like up fishing up north or northerners fishing down south, it's like just completely different, uh, different game. But yeah, um, the so in twenty twenty two, you guys won first place in the Bassmaster College Class, right? We did, yes, sir. Yep, yep. Hayden, what is that? What does that experience feel like as a coach? And if you want to shout out the people that wanted to, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's Hayden Gaddis and Ben Coley. Hayden Hayden Gaddis is a local kid uh, from Seymour, Tennessee, and then Ben Coley's from Rockwall, Texas. They're actually both going into their fifth year of fishing. Uh, Ben's in his master's, and Hayden's just on the slow track. Um, but um, but they're both really great anglers. You could argue one of the top teams in college fishing history right now. They've won all kinds of major events. But uh, So they, were, they won on Lake Kiwi in South Carolina, where the Classic was on Hartwell. And so they actually weigh in at the, uh, I don't remember the name of the, the arena, but they weigh in at the, the classic arena right before the final day weigh in for the pros. And so, you know, it, it's an awesome environment. There's a ton of people there. And so to watch them, you know, that ho- hoist that trophy there in front of everybody, it was kind of a surreal moment where it's like, 
you know, especially for me being here from the inception with two guys. Yeah, it was actually fishing in these shirts from the bookstore. You know, we didn't have jerseys. We fished this Columbia shirt that uh, the bookstore donated to us. You know, so coming from there to having two guys weigh in on the classic stage and, and hoist this big trophy, it was very surreal. Um, and, and those guys, you know, backstage doing interviews, a couple of them, they signed a few, you know, sponsor deals afterwards. It was it was a really, you know, really cool moment where a lot of the hard work and stuff had paid off, not only for me, but for them also. You know, they worked super hard to make it happen. Business owners and marketing professionals in the Philly area, Bad Rhino takes the overwhelm out of digital marketing. With tailored digital marketing services, from social media management to SEO and PPC advertising, our expert team navigates the complexities of the digital ad space for your business. Let Bad Rhino lead you to success. Visit badrhinoinc.com and let's take your business to new heights. Bad Rhino, we do digital marketing so you don't have to. Do you guys have like practices and like how much are you actually coaching instead of just being like, hey guys, go go ahead and go ahead and fish. Yeah, so go figure it out. So honestly, that, that's kind of a, a misconception. You know, as a college fishing coach, there is a little bit of technique coaching that happens, um, but it's mainly you know somebody's having problems. They come to you, you know, hey, I'm you know I've, I'm losing a lot of fish on this technique. You know, is, is there a hook that you recommend? You know, and it's kind of like, okay, what line are you throwing? What rod are you throwing? You know, and we kind of look at what's going on to try to offer suggestions. But a lot of the skill-based stuff, they're really, really good at. You know, you don't have to coach that because everybody has their own style. For me, uh, what goes into it, we do have weekly inter-squad tournaments. Um, so we go out once a week and we have a, you know, we'll pair people up with different partners and let them go fish. And a lot of it is, you know, you're molding culture. You're teaching the the business side of the industry. You're teaching the um the mindset that you have to have to be successful in fishing and trying just to put people in a situation that allows them to grow and become a successful angler. You know, it, it's more of, um, it's more of that, you know, making sure they have every opportunity and they're going to the places they need to, to develop and things like that. You know, it's, it's more of that than it is actually sitting down and saying, now here's how you throw a crankbait, you know, or whatever. Uh, most of these guys that we're recruiting, if we do a good job, most of them have a pretty you know, fair understanding of things like that. Yeah, it's more of like a life skill kind of um, mentality type of game. Yeah, right? absolutely. Where it's like, hey, you know, don't get down on yourself and all that. But yeah. It's kind of a nice segue into my next question mm -hmm. about you um, fishing the Opens yep. this year, um, all nine tournaments too, mm -hmm. um, change of format from last year. But tell me what it's like for you personally going to all these different places fishing and then what kind of that mentality you have to have to carry that throughout each tournament as you travel. Yeah, you know, this year has been a bad year. I mean, if you look at statistically, I mean, I've had a rough year. Um, but it's it's one of the mentalities that you're not in this sport, at least I'm not, for instant, you know, success. I mean, you, you kind of have to have this mentality of, you know, it's like any other sport. You know, you've been in the minor leagues for five, six, seven, eight years, and then you finally make it, and that's when you sign the big contracts. You know, fishing is pretty similar. Last year, uh, I ended up 15th in points. And so if we would have been in the current format, taking nine, you know, I would have been right around the the the, uh, the game there. This year, I've struggled a lot more, but the first four Opens we've been to, I had never been to any of those fisheries. And so, you know, it is this mindset of like, you have to stay positive. You have to realize I'm learning, take away one thing here, one thing there that you can go back home and work on and get better. Um, because there's been a couple tournaments this year where, you know, it wasn't necessarily like 
skill wise that I got beat, but it was, I just missed the bus. I didn't understand what the fish were doing. I didn't practice the right way, you know, different things like that. And so I'm a big believer in, you know, taking notes, uh, going back home and working on stuff and trying to put yourself in those situations where you can just kind of learn to get better. Uh, I don't know if that even answers your question, but you know, that's, I think that, no, I think that mentality just to keep learning and keep going forward is, is very important. I think it definitely does because I, I mean, I remember talking to guys like Gussie and the different stories that he yeah. had about, you know, struggling in the beginning or seeing other people, other anglers kind of struggling and then they just like kind of crumble yep. and give up because it's, it is, it is difficult, right? You're away from your family, you're spending these money and entry fees and you're doing a bunch of stuff. And when you come out of the gate and you're not, you know, kicking butt and you're not kind of where you want to be, it's, it's difficult to kind of get over that hump. Yeah. It is. And it's, it, that's one thing at college. I didn't have the luxury of fishing in college for, you know, four years to where I got to see a lot of these places and get used to traveling and used to that side of things. And so, you know, part of the, the hard lessons that I've had to learn in the opens, part of that is what I'm trying to gear our program to, to teach these guys before they get thrown into the lines then. I mean, the first time I went to Florida, you know, I was fishing against Bobby Lane all of a sudden. I never had even been seen the state of Florida. And so, you know, I mean, that that's a tough thing. You know, if you get to go two or three times while you're in college, at least you, you know, feel a little bit, you know, more familiar. I'll never forget that. My first open, the first day of the first open, I'm idling out. Uh, I think I was boat like 117. And so they go, you boat 116 from Mountain Home, Idaho, you know, six-time Angler of the Year champion, you know, Brandon Polinick, boom, he's out. From Blaine, Tennessee, Hunter Sales. So I go out. And then behind me, it's like, four-time Bassmaster Opens champion from Kissimmee, Florida, you know, Bobby Lane, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm in the dang lines then this morning, you know, and so, uh, but, you know, I actually had a good tournament that I, I, I think I just missed the check, finished like 42nd, uh, and I'll never forget this, and this is not in any means a dig at those two guys, because they're both excellent fishermen, I mean, I would never try to go on a uh, platform and say that I'm a better fisherman than them, but in that tournament, I finished ahead of both of those guys, And so, and so what, at the moment, what was like a major fear and an obstacle for me, something that I was hung up on the whole ride to my first spot, I was thinking about that. At the end of it, you look back and you say, okay, on any given day, you know, you can compete with people. You just got to go out, keep your head down, not worry about who you're fishing against and just deal with you and the fish. That was kind of like a big day one lesson for me. So it was was pretty cool. I could see how that would kind of throw you off at the end of the day, it. It is, it is still fishing, right? Yeah, it's still got a bite. Absolutely, yeah. It's still got to yep. control what you can control. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a wild animal. You know, God can make it open its mouth. Or it, it, sometimes it cannot. You know, you got you just got to put the odds in your favor and capitalize on the opportunities that you get. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So you got two tournaments coming up, yep. uh, Ufala and then the St. Lawrence River. Yep. Um, so each one of these completely different, like, you know, spots in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might as well start with you, Follow. Um, what are you looking to do there? And just so you know, this podcast will be out after yeah. you already okay. there. Okay. So don't feel like okay. you're giving away any secrets well, or anything. You know, for the fifth open in a row, I've never been there. So it's, it's, it's going to be another first timer for me, um, which Bass did that this year. They put kind of a weird schedule together. Uh, I like it. Uh, I was really excited about it because I usually do better places I haven't been. And so that doesn't really intimidate me. Um, but you follow Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I've seen some muddy water there and some pictures of stuff I've been looking up. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, a little bit different than back home, you know, deep clear lakes that I fish. Uh, however, there are, you know, I know there's shallow willow bushes and things like that. I love to flip willow bushes. Um, I also love to fish offshore. Uh, and so I think I've heard some stuff there. You know, they bought a football head. They bought a 6XD really well. 
Uh, so I'll probably spend most of my practice at this point, you know, I'm out of it for points. And so I'm really looking at it like two things. I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to make the Bassmaster Classic. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing it for fun. You know, there's no reason to go out there and just catch as many as you can. And so I think during practice, I'll probably idle most of the time um, and, and try to look for a, a you know, winning group of offshore fish um, because I've heard that, you know, it has been one offshore there in the past. Um, and so that's, that's probably what I'll do most of practice. If that doesn't work, I'll probably go flip willow bushes all day and see what I can come up with. So that's kind of my game plan going into it. Nice. I love it. Yeah. And then, uh, St. Lawrence river, this one's a little selfish cause yeah. I am taking a trip up yeah. there. So I would definitely get your yeah. insights on that. Yeah, man. I have no, you know, I've been up there one time. I was up there in a sight fishing tournament in college. Uh, the one year I fished the whole college tour, I weighed in 20 pounds the first day. Um, and I actually, this is a funny story. So we were in it to qualify for the championship through points that year. We needed to finish about 60th. We catch 20 pounds in the first pocket we go into. I look at my partner. I said, okay, we're done. We're practicing for tomorrow. If we catch 20 pounds two days in a row, we'll definitely qualify. We had 19.15. We were in 99th place after the first day. And so, so I learned a lesson. No matter what I do this year, I can promise you I will never lay off of it. I'm going to keep pounding them until the tournament's over. Um, but it's not going to be a stop fishing deal. You know, it's going to be a, um, those fish are going to be postponed. We're going to the second week of July. Uh, I'm confident with the, the, the deep smallmouth deal. I'm probably going to try to stay away from the current and look for some stuff, you know, isolated rock and things like that. I can throw a net and a drop shot on, um, that that's kind of what I like doing, finding isolated boulders. So once again, I'll probably spend a lot of practice behind the, behind the steering wheel looking, you know, and graph and trying to find some off the wall stuff. Nice. I like it. Great tips there. And I'll definitely be using that to my advantage. Yeah. When, when, when are you going? I think we're going um, last week of June. Oh, dude, you're going to be sight fishing. No, don't listen to nothing I was saying. Go up there. You know, All right. So yeah. yeah look for, they're going to be spawning? Yeah, they will be. Okay. Look for stuff that's like right out of the current, right off the main river. Um, you know, like bowls and islands and things like that. Uh, they should be laying everywhere. It should be pretty phenomenal. Oh, man. Yeah. You get me all yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should be pretty nice. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, Hunter, let's uh, wrap it up yeah. here. I feel like I could talk to you for another like yeah. 60 minutes, but yeah. we'll, we'll jump on and do another one of these. Yeah, it'd be good. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's your PB largemouth and PB smallmouth? I was like asking that yeah. question. I caught a, a 1021 largemouth on Chickamauga a couple of years ago under a dock in June. Um, and it was a, it was actually a post-spawn fish. The landowner told me that he had watched it on bed for the last three days. So I, I skip under my dock, under this dock with a mag draft and catch a 1021 on a mag draft. Um, and it, I land the fish. I'm like freaking out. You know, I've never seen one anywhere close to 10. And uh, the landowner says, man, I've been watching her on bed for, you know, the last the last few days. Um, and she, he said, I thought she was probably 13 or 14. And honestly, she may have been close had she not been, you know, super spawned out. I mean, it was, a, it was an absolute freak of a fish. Um, but so that was my biggest largemouth. Uh, my biggest smallmouth, you're going to probably laugh at me, I've lived on Cherokee Lake my whole life, and I've smallmouth fished for forever. I've caught I've caught a four fifteen. I went up north, and we had twenty pounds. I had cookie cutter, you know, four pounders. I've never caught a five pound smallmouth, and so hopefully we'll hopefully we'll break that one when I go up north this year. Where can people find you on like social media and all those different yeah. outlets? Just follow along with your story. yeah. I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, all of them are at Hunter Sales Fishing. You know, nowadays we got to play the YouTube game, trying to grow the following. Same thing on Facebook. I have a fishing page, Hunter Sales Fishing, and the same thing on Instagram. Pretty active on all three. And, uh, yep, that's where you can find me at. 
Cool. Hunter, I appreciate it. Um, I wish you the best of luck with the Opens and then also college uh, bass fishing your team over there. And I appreciate you taking the time and I'd love to have you on an episode down the road too. So do a little like wrap up of how the Opens. Yeah, Eric, I would, I would love that, man. I appreciate it. The time I had a great time with you. Got to tell some fun stories. Hope everybody listening enjoys it. If I can ever do anything to help out, reach out anytime. Uh, maybe we'll do a wrap up after we win one of these Opens. So we'll see. I love it. Or after that, a uh, five pounds. That's exactly out. right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love it, Hunter. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. You just listened to the Fishing Fanatics podcast with your host, Eric Stewart. Feel free to check out our other podcasts and our other interviews on our channel on Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Check out our Instagram page, TikTok, and Facebook as well. 